Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Red Circle as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Also on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. You get all of our content there, including all of our Dolphins content. FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out. We do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Tell you all the time about our product code. It's 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. Get you 25% off at TherapistPreferred.com for all of your premium CB the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies for recovery, for sleep. And also, manscaped.com, you get 20% off for your below-the-belt grooming products as well as colognes and much more. When you end up buying something from there, they end up just sending you free stuff. So go to manscaped.com, use the code 5RSN, that's the number 5RSN, and therapistpreferred.com, use the code also 5RSN, and you'll get your discounts. And now, today's episode. Down Yikes. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs, where here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs, just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all, check the floor plan, got an all band, y'all seen the block, stop the one hand, and pack with trust, it's power, have the guts, we're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Today's floor plan with me live from the AAA, because that's what we're going to continue to call it. No, FTX Arena, the practice court, uh, where they have just completed 1v1. I have Brady Hawk and Alex Toledo. You can follow them on Twitter at BradyHawk305 and Alex T- Toledo at Tropical Blanket. Um, and I'm being for real, y'all. They just played 1v1 on the Heat Practice Court, and now we are podcasting. And today's topic is... Culture. 20, culture, you know it. While, while your guys are sitting around chilling, tweeting, our guys are running routes, getting, getting down, shots up, getting shots up taking charges i don't know artists working best conditioned nastiest meanest most like podcast and uh we wouldn't have it any other way anyway it's 2022 media day Miami heat basketball is back in full effect that is cool we are loving that um ethan skolnick gad cartagena alex toledo and brady hawk were all in the building for that so they got to take in the entire experience we had great conversations with a lot of miami heat players look out for that throughout this week we are going to have you packed with content exclusive content you won't hear anywhere else we have interviews with a number of players and a few things that were said that are going to definitely become primary talking points and we ain't giving them away on today's episode guys but what we do want to get into is the five big takeaways from what we heard today um i am going to lead the way here but i'm not going to talk for too long i just want to say uh the first thing that really jumped out to me guys is 
And I think I saw it via Barry Jackson tweet. So ground me in reality if the vibe in the room was different than the tweet felt to me as I read it. But it was related to Kyle Lowry hearing the callouts from Pat Riley over the summer about his conditioning. And he essentially shrugged it off as if he hadn't really heard it initially. And then just said, um, gave a very generic quote that felt detached from that reality. And he did not own that at all. To me, that was a real like black eye of the day. I did not love that. It felt like back when Timmy and the organization used to haggle over stuff like this. Um, I know that Kyle has been, not really open-minded to talking about heat culture doing much for him for whatever reasons that, that there may be Alex um, talk me off the ledge a little bit here. Cause like, this is the one thing from media day as I've heard and ran through the quotes and you guys were in the rooms more. So I'm going to rely on you to temperature check it um, on behalf of me. But like, that was the one thing that felt weird. How did you, uh, perceive that comment as it as it came out. Well, I can confirm, right? Since I'm a reporter, I'm supposed to say that I can confirm it felt weird in in the moment as well. Like um, Kyle Lowry, and, and I think it was Gad who said this while he was here, um, which is very like kind of apathetic towards the whole thing. I don't know if that's am I saying that right? Uh, it, it was a lot of apathy, and that was really I thought that was a great way of putting it, just because. Like, you could tell he didn't really want to do that. I think he knew he was going to get those questions about the condition. He almost definitely knew that. And I could, look, honestly, I, I see it from his perspective. I can understand why having to face those questions, like, you knowing you're going to get those questions uh, first day of media day, it's all about your conditioning. When you're like a 17-year vet, uh, you know, who's won at the highest levels, like, I'm sure um, he would be annoyed by that. But, yeah, I can confirm it was definitely, like, the one guy who I think stood out uh, you know, like a sore thumb as far as just emotionally, right? Like not to try to read into what anybody's thinking or anything like that. I just think Kyle was the one who was very clearly trying to get out of there and just trying to get through it, right? Which I'm sure all of them are to a certain extent. But, um, you know, as far as like putting the face on, the first day of school vibes that are very much present at media day, he was, you know, he was the one that kind of just wasn't fitting into all of that. Everybody else is all smiles, joking around. You know, everybody's glad to be back. And I think it just, a lot of it really had to do with just the line of questioning because I was the majority of the, the scrum w was about his conditioning. And so like the Riley thing was funny to me because um, it just very, it very much felt like he was playing defense the whole time. Like, you know, the, the season already started for Kyle Lowry. He's already playing point of attack defense against the reporters and their questions about conditioning. But like the Pat thing made me laugh because like you said, he kind of tried to act like he, he, didn't really know about it. He said that he was told about it by other people. He didn't, he hadn't heard it himself. And so he basically just gave out the message that, you know, he's just focusing on his own work. He's not doing it for Pat Riley. He's not doing it, you know, just to like satisfy these people who are asking a lot of him. I think he just looks at it as like his own work. You know, he has his own work to do and that's his problem. And he doesn't really focus about anything else. I think there was definitely a little bit of like, what's the word, man? Like, I don't know if it's sarcasm, like in the in like some of his answers, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he didn't really want to answer again. I'm just, you know, giving my opinion. I'm, we can't really I can't tell you what Kyle Lowry was going through his head. But yeah, um, everything that you were feeling, I think, um, you know, I can confirm. <laughs> that's see, that's interesting because I sensed resentment as well. And, you know, he's a longstanding veteran and NBA champion. He feels like he did it his way in Toronto, and he probably doesn't want to necessarily have any perception that he's coming here to be fixed in any way. And you know what? I understand that. But, like, bro, you're being paid a lot of money. And um, 
it's a situation where you need to play up to that contract because like they're relying on you. You take up such a percentage of the con of the, of the total salary that they can't have a, a declining player that is reluctant to be in the best shape possible. Brady, I'm actually going to, um, I, I, I want your, your vibe, your, your vibe check. Listen to me. We're, we're going to straight energy here on this pod. Uh, since you guys have just been on the court vibe check on Kyle overall, if it was any different than anything that we've said. And then I want to pivot to somebody who was less defensive and much more diplomatic. And that's Tyler hero. Cause I feel like he kind of won the day from, and I know that winning the day in press conferences is, is kind of weird to even say, but I felt like he did do, do that. So I'd love to hear uh, your initial reaction to Tyler. And then obviously you can back clean up on this Kyle Lowry stuff. Yeah, I'll say just touch on the Kyle things first. Like I feel like Alex said it on all. Uh, it did feel a little weird because heading into today, like he knew exactly what was coming. Like he knew all that was coming because that was going to be the big thing. Like last year's media day was all about pace. Like all he was asked about last media day was pace, 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 because this is a team that likes to slow things down in the half court. You have a guy that's able to hit the pit, hit ahead passes, a true point guard, and it was all about his game. This time around, we knew what was coming because Pat Riley basically called him out in the post-press conference. Uh, and as he said, he kind of pointed out that he never heard it from him. He just heard it from somebody else, um, which just makes it a little weird because I just feel like there was some preparation on his part to really like respond. And I actually took it the wrong. Like when I see the the videos of him in the off season, I'm just thinking that's his response, like response. Like I'm thinking he's going to come back and say, okay, like that's, this is who I am. I'm going to respond to this. I'm going to put the work in, which I still think he did. Like, I think he, he did look like in better shape in general, uh, but it was more about that. He was basically saying he did it for himself because he motivates himself enough, uh, which could be true too. But I think there was just a little more expectation that he would acknowledge the Pat stuff more and embrace it, I guess, and, instead of kind of denying it. So that's where I come down on that. And I'll say, I'll agree. I feel like Tyler took the exact opposite approach of Kyle Lowry. Like that's what makes this a little weird because he kind of pushed back on something and pushed to the side. Tyler took his own comments and basically flipped them and said, I'm going to take and take the real team chemistry, all good things like cliche comments and just really run with it. Because the thing Tyler knew coming into today was what was he going to be asked about? He's going to be asked about the starting job. He basically in his exit interview said, I'm going to be a starter. Uh, and that got some backlash in general. If that, that's a confidence thing, Pat said that he was going to have to earn it. I still think he does. But then today he came out and said, uh, I'll play whatever role you ask me to. It doesn't have to be starter. It could be anything. And that was a little bit of a surprise because he even he reiterated that like two or three times. to like make sure you knew he's about the team. If Spo says he's, he wants to put him here. I even made the joke earlier that he could end up being their starting four because he's probably taller than PJ. Like they can really do can put him anywhere. Like, so that'll be the thing. I think it was an interesting approach on his part uh, to take that route because heading into camp, feel like it's it's not on him the reason but it's not a i don't know the word's not distraction but his name has been floating in so many training camps every training camp of his nba career his name has been floating if it's for different reasons it's for trade rumors if it's for this that and the other and this year it was kind of trade rumors it was kind of the starting lineup stuff it was about the playoff stuff so here we go again and he takes the route to basically say he's all about the team and whatever they want to do so i thought that was very interesting i thought that was very good uh, and that puts less of a target on his back. Like, I know he's somebody that's always put a target on his back in general in a good way. But for him to take this type of route and just say, I'm going to be me, I'm going to be for the team in this different way as he gets older, as uh, he just continues this way in his NBA career, 
I just thought it was a really interesting day for him. And I thought it was a pretty actually cool thing for him to do, I guess, heading into camp, which once again, I'll reiterate, I think he does earn it in camp and it doesn't have to be by his voice. It'll be by his actions. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, it is interesting. Like, look at that dynamic there where you have a, um, I don't know um, how old point guard reacting one way. And then you have Tyler Hero, the young guy who you would expect to maybe say a more bullish comment related to where he wants to go in his trajectory. And he completely went the team response and kind of like what he essentially said without saying it was, is I heard what I need to do better. I mean, also dude has a max extension to try to, to earn. So, I mean, I also understand that aspect of it. He's a smart man, uh, but that's, that's just so much different than Kyle Lowry basically acting like, uh, Pat Riley's comments had to be leaked to him. And uh, do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team are prepared to handle any type of leak detection issues 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged area. Water Cleanup of Florida is a fully licensed, insured, and certified one-stop shopping spot. Busy homeowners, busy business owners, that you need, you need to be able to go to one place, get it all done. Water Cleanup of Florida is that place. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell, 954-579-0356. Again, that's Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-579-0356. Also, you can visit their website, wcufl.com. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check out the Google reviews. They got 70 plus five-star Google reviews, y'all. Water cleanup of Florida. If you got the schmutz, they got the guts. All right. So Tyler Hero, I feel like uh, he definitely, um, he said the right things, but this is another circumstance where fans are not going to care what people talk about until they see it on the court, see it in the playoffs, et cetera. So um, let's slide to this next one. We had a defensive Kyle Lowry, a diplomatic Tyler Hero and a bit defiant Jimmy Butler, um, but in a very playful way. And I did see this comment via video, I think from one of you guys. Um, and if it wasn't, maybe it was Ethan. Um, shout out to all you guys getting me content because I, I couldn't find it elsewhere other than just the short clips being played. I don't know that those streamed anywhere. If they did, I missed that. Um, there was the Jimmy Butler at the four comment that came up, y'all. And I thought that this was going to be the theme of the of the of the media day. And maybe it was, and I'd love to get your guys perspective on that about like, who's going to play the four. And he essentially said, if he has to, he can, which we know. And if he's asked to, which implies he has not been asked to key point, um, he will, but I'm not playing the fours. What he essentially said, Brady, I'll start with you here. How did you um, react to that information internally when you heard how he responded to it as you talk to other guys and, and don't steal any thunder for your final takeaways as we wrap the episode, obviously, but was there anything related to Jimmy at the four that you found interesting beyond just the playful stuff? I, I, I think that it, uh, it alludes to maybe they're not going to go there as easily as maybe we all have conceptualized. How do you feel about it? I feel 
pretty much the same as I felt beforehand. And the reason is because of a certain Max Struess comment. And the reason I say that is because something we were talking about on our, our rotation pod is that uh, we kind of expected the Kyle, Hero, Struess, Jimmy, Bam lineup. That was kind of our expectation. Jimmy saying he doesn't want to play the four doesn't really mean anything because as Max Struess said, he said, I'll play the four. And the funny thing about that, it sounds like a joke, but it's not because as I keep saying, anyway, they're going to switch. Like Tyler's going to be playing the four. Lowry's going to be playing the four because he's been guarding fours. But Struess is not going to like, even if they want to call him a four, it's just another guy on the court because that's the way they're going to handle it. In sense, on our view, we're going to say Jimmy's the four on the court, even though they kind of put Struess in that spot. Uh, but that's definitely the topic of the day, I would say. The topic of the day from a basketball standpoint is who's the four. We keep hearing about losing P.J. Tucker. How do they make up for that? Who's the next guy up? Do they play bigger? Do they go smaller? Uh, we know there's certain options on the roster that we keep going through. Other than like the Caleb's and the Yurts and the, all those type of guys, you go out on the rest of the roster and there's there's guys that think they have a chance as well, like the, the Haywood Highsmiths, the, the Darius Days. And that's a quick preview because we talked to all those guys and, and we mentioned and talked about the four stuff. So that was really coming out throughout the week. But it's interesting because that is the topic here. And as much as Jimmy says he, he's not playing the four, what he means is that he's not starting the game playing the four, I guess. Because I think we can all agree this team is at its best late in games when Jimmy's at the four. That's just the way they need to be. They're in an offensive team now. They need to spread the floor. They kind of need him to be that type of four late in games. So uh, I don't think it means too much because I, I still am consistent with the thought that he is the four, even though he's not the – <laughs> the the guy in the in the edit before starting lineup game, the guy next to Bam, he's probably going to be the guy in the three spot, and Struce is going to be sitting next to Bam in that edit. But other than that, I think we could stay consistent with it. But it's more about, I guess, we talked about this the other day or yesterday's pod about the next guy stepping up. That feels like more intriguing than anything because they know what they have at the top. They know the options they have at the four, but what they don't know and what they're going to find out over the next five days in camp is who is going to be the next guy because I think there's a couple of options here and. and that kind of tees up what's what's to come next. But it really is interesting because they have options of the lower level that have we've seen do this before. We've seen them emerge in this way. So uh, they have options. That's kind of my takeaway. They have options to get them to a certain point. I still come back on the fact that they need a four. Uh, I think there's a lot of people in, the, in this building that think they need a four before they get to that, that February area and before they get to the postseason. But I think they can make do, I guess, before they get to that point with the guys they have on the roster. I'm glad you're saying that because um, I think it would be uh, what's the word? Um, it, it would be naive to walk around that building and not know that you need one more guy up there up front. But it also is comforting to hear options. And on our off the floor subscriber feed, which uh, we are going to ramp up content there in a big way, uh, we have been brainstorming a uh, a million ways that we can try to add more to there. So to our our loyal subscribers. Uh, we definitely love all 500 of you guys and uh, make sure to subscribe. It's 305 a month. First week free. You can try it out. It's on Winnow. Um, Ethan posted this. So the, it, Alex, this is where I'm sliding to you on this, uh, this four stuff. He said that guys that were mentioned today as possible options at the forward, Jimmy Butler, Max Struess, Bam Adebayo, Caleb Martin, and Haywood Highsmith. Uh when you walked, uh, so now that you're kind of decompressing from being in that scrum and all, who starts at the four on opening night out of those guys? Honestly, can't tell you that I feel better about like, you know, predicting who's going to be the, the guy. Like, I think right now, if I had to give an answer, it would probably be Caleb. But even then, I don't feel very strong about it. I feel like 
you know, Caleb coming off of the contract, the fact that he came in here looking a little bit stronger physically and actually did talk about that in our interview with him. Um, but, you know, Caleb having that experience, getting all those minutes at the four last year, even if it wasn't as a starter, he did play with those same guys. And look, I, I understand the concerns with, with starting him. I, I feel the same way. Like, I think it may, it's, it's something that could go either way right now. Like, I think he's, he has to hit his shots has to hit his threes if he's going to start with them and um, has to really contribute as a guy off the catch the way he did last season, attacking the rim. I think that, you know, have to utilize that where he isn't just a standstill guy. But um, as of right now, I think Caleb is the leader in house, just if I had to guess, but I don't feel strongly about it. Like I think Highsmith, I wouldn't be surprised if he started. I wouldn't be surprised if Spo um, went a little bit smaller and just went kind of five best guys more or less if they started Tyler and Max together. You know, that wouldn't be all that surprising to me. So I think it's one of those three scenarios, either Highsmith, Caleb, or both Tyler and Max start. But um, if I had to go right now, just from the, the vibes that I got here and from the players we heard from, I, I'm thinking Caleb. Wow. You don't you don't think that the acreage been, that has been gained by Max Struess is going to get him uh, that P.J. Tucker spot all of a sudden? Wouldn't that be funny? Um we're going to we're going to shelve the rest of this four talk because we have a lot to unpack there because there's so many options and we have some really good content with a lot of uh, Miami Heat players that are going to play integral roles in figuring that spot out, which I think is interesting that we kind of have a commonality amongst some of the guys we spoke to in their eligibility to kind of be at that spot. So we're not going to give away too much of that. Uh, but the next thing that I do want to touch on um, and obviously uh, as we switch back and forth on these topics, Brady, feel free to back clean up on the four if you got anything else there. But we, I, I'm going to pivot to Bam because Ethan asked him a question about getting up to 15 field goal attempts. And I thought that Bam did something that I loved, um, but he's done it before and it didn't come to fruition. So we need to talk about that part of it as well. But he upped the ante. He said 18 field goal attempts. Uh, just quickly, before we start going on, just uh, one word. 18 field goal attempts. No, I'll set it at 17, Brady. Does he go over or under averaging 17 field goal attempts in this upcoming season? Under. So that is not something you'll be able to bet on prize picks, but you'll be able to bet a ton of other Bam Adebayo prop bets. Prize picks is the easiest way to play daily fantasy. Getting started is simple. You register for an account, make a deposit, pick more or less on two or four two to five player stats, you can win payouts up to 10 times. Um, it's super easy. Like that's the cool part about it. The easiest daily fantasy app, prize picks. Uh, you go over and under all player props. Right now you have NFL going, NBA is going to get started. MLB is still there. Uh, so use the code five. This is the key y'all. F-I-V-E is going to double your initial deposit up to $100. This is the daily fantasy partner of the five reason sports network and five on the floor check out prize picks i cannot recommend it enough but use the code five f-i-v-e to double your initial deposit all right y'all this was the one that got me most excited i'm not gonna lie because you know bam out of bio my favorite basketball player on earth these days that still plays shout out to d wade um 18 shots a game somebody quote tweeted me and showed his stats at 15 a game, and they look really good. 
they look even better when he when he shoots 18 a game. I know that those are few and far between, but those are his takeover moments, right? So we're talking about more takeover moments to get to those averages. Brady, um, am I too excited about Bam Adebayo? Do I need to be talked back off the the? Am I going too crazy here? What did you make of what he said today? I'll say that I think it's a good thing that he basically elevated the comments of. Pat Riley, where he set a goal for him, and he basically said, I'm going to set an even higher goal. And that goes along with the nickname you gave him, no ceiling. He's he's just embracing the nickname you gave him because uh, that's just an interesting thing to do. That kind of co-aligns with what Tyler did and kind of taking back his comments in general. But I'll say this, when we talk about the roster, you're basically, in terms of regular season roster, subbing Victor Oladipo for P.J. Tucker. They basically are totally different in shot attempts. Like they're totally different offensive players. One guy is going to be super high usage. The other guy is was not high usage, and he capitalized on catch and shoot threes. You're expecting Tyler to probably make a jump in that category. You don't want Jimmy to decline in that area. So there's there's the point I've been making is that somebody's shots are going to be going down at some point. Like yes, the game could speed up, but more or less, there's somebody that's going to be declining. And that's why Gabe has talked about being more efficient because he knows he's not going to be getting a major increase in shot attempts. But that comes back to the point that now you're adding in the fact that not only is Bam jumping up to 15, but he wants to jump up to 18. Like we are totally fine with that. Like, like we, us three would be totally fine with that, but it, it gets interesting when you think about it from that kind of perspective that, so what, what's, what does that mean for the rest of the team? Me personally, I, I think you worry about that later because if you're getting an 18 shot attempt ban, like that is, that is completely different because he's a guy that has been highly efficient over his career. If he's shooting 18, I'd expect those to probably be a little bit more mid-range jumpers because I don't think he's getting 18 a game inside the paint off the roll. Uh, but I'll say this as well, because I asked um, Tyler about the Tyler Bam pick and roll in general, which I expect to see a lot more this season because they're going to probably most likely be in the starting lineup together. That is going to get Bam so many more attempts just that alone like that'll make a jump for him in general because we saw what he's able to do in the playoffs tyler is a pull-up threat as a guy that they have to operate around the screens in different ways and throw the different coverages uh a guy that can in the regular season especially get to the rim at a high level and finish and he's also a good playmaker uh and something tyler kept going on and on about was that he didn't even talk about his own ability when bringing it up he just was going on that no five can stay in front of bam like no five can do that and that's what comes back to this. Like once the team realizes right now what they have and that they didn't make a move, we know that. But what they do have is a pretty top tier talented four or five, whatever way you want to put it, on the roster right now that can make plays and can kind of be that offensive tool. So I'm just interested in the fact that I, I like I would sit, I would personally go under like the, when you asked me that question, because I just don't believe I feel like Pat Riley's ask is a lot more realistic. Like I'm looking at 15. I'm still looking at 15. If we want to meet in the middle and go 16 and a half, we can do that. But I just feel like 15 is a lot more realistic. And I guess uh, if he's doing that, then then this team is in a lot better of a spot. Yeah, now I'm with you. I think that 18 is too high. And if it gets to 15 or higher, like that's going to be perfect. Alex, is that going to happen more from him doing some ISO stuff where you think he needs to embrace the jumper more? Like, where do you think it's coming from before we close here? Um, I do agree with Brady that I think it's going to be some – you know, coming from the mid range, I think he's going to have to operate a little bit more differently than he has in the past. You know, I spent all summer talking about how, you know, in the past couple of seasons talking about getting bam, uh, a more varied shot profile. And I think to this year would just be the perfect season for, for him to do that. So um, 
I actually think he won the day as far as, you know, um, the media. Right. And by the way, like the whole Tyler thing, I, I absolutely if we would have done if I, I would have come on last night's podcast, I would have told you Tyler is going to walk back those comments it, because like Brady said, he was going to get those questions for sure today. And I think it was only the right move, especially like you said, with the contract still looming. It's not signed yet, even though we know that it's probably coming very soon. Um, I do think Tyler walking it back just made too much sense. I think digging his heels into the starter thing a day before, you know, training camp starts wouldn't have been a good look. And I think it's he knows that he has to win the spot. So that's my quick take on Tyler. And the reason I wanted to bring up Tyler in, in you know, as we're talking about Bam, also like Brady said, they're pick and roll together. I think that's going to be another way that you can actually get Bam some more shots because Tyler has never been shy about feeding Bam the pick and roll. He went into that in his answer to Brady's question as far as, you know, their pick and roll chemistry. Bam is a natural roller, natural diver. Tyler is a very good pick and roll player, especially for his position. And so I think he's going to get more shots where he takes, you know, those mid-range uh, relief shots. I think he's going to get some more pick and roll opportunities with Tyler, who is more willing to pass it to him. It's not really, you know, Bam doesn't get shot attempts off of Jimmy and Bam pick and rolls. So I think Tyler being in the starting lineup with him is actually going to help, even though you would think it would take away shots from him because of how many Tyler takes. I think their natural chemistry is going to help. And I think um, between Bam and Tyler, they both won the day, both said exactly what they needed to say. And I think are, you know, making Heat fans happy today with what we heard from them. Definitely. I'm glad you said that. You know what? Because Bam out of bio actually, like even putting in our consciousness, the, the idea of 18 field goal attempts is like, okay. Cause like now you're heading in some KG directions, you know what I'm saying? But let's not put that on him yet because I also remember when he said something about shooting threes last media day, if I remember correctly, and then it didn't come to fruition. So all of this stuff obviously is just them kind of getting acclimated back to talking to us and, and he, everybody has lofty goals. And I think that that was good. Um, so we're going to close here. I want to just go through some final takeaways of anything that maybe we missed. We're going to do a bunch of, of content this week, guys. So uh, for all of our listeners, we have some exclusive interviews. We have some interviews that were maybe um, exclusive, but we're going to supplement with some additional analysis behind them. We're going to be doing some streams throughout the week. So you'll see um, the floors yours come back with some new faces. So check that out on the YouTube feed. Uh, don't forget prize picks, use the code five water cleanup of Florida. Um, also, let me give a shout out to better edge. Social betting is super cool. You can go and get there, shop the lines you want, check out betteredge.com. Um, it is a lot of fun because you can really get, uh, lines, overs, unders, all kinds of stuff like that on and find value where you wouldn't find in other sports books. It's peer to peer betting. Use the code five RSN for $20 of free play to get your bankroll going there. So rapid fire takeaways. Um, I don't really have a bunch of rapid fire stuff other than I hated what happened with um, not hated. That's too strong of a word. It's media day. Uh, I would have loved to hear from Spo. I uh, like to hear Bam talking about shooting more. He sounds like he's owning that. Jimmy seemed like his um, fun self. And uh, I don't love the, the stuff with Kyle. That's kind of where I'm at. Brady, final takeaways, maybe something we haven't heard about. Alex touched on this a little bit uh, earlier, but I think one of the interesting things about this is it, it kind of ties into the four conversation, but when we're looking at the potential options and one of those guys we keep talking about is Caleb Martin. After the season, he talked about 
the things he learned from PJ Tucker, the things he wants to, he wants to, even before PJ left, he was talking about, he wanted to replicate some of the things he did as a screener and, and things along those lines. But as Greg just kind of pointed out in our zoom chat, he put on eight pounds of, of muscle, which from my perspective, when I think about him playing the four, and even though I said before that I, I don't, I haven't really liked the minutes with him next to J Jimmy and Bam, him being with a size up a little bit more makes this so much differently. It's just it's it's so different in general because other than the offensive stuff, which he was a very good shooter last season, like I feel like we we think of him as like in that mold of like not, but he was around forty percent. Like like the fact that he was able to do that and we label him as something else is is just a little different. But the fact that you're the other question I had of, on him was that we know what he could do defensively in a, in a kind of every spot on the floor. The one thing I thought he couldn't replicate from PJ is sizing up when they switch. I still don't think he can guard opposing fives, but the ability to size up slightly in that eight pounds of muscle could make a, a kind of that type of difference, I think is crucial. Like it really is crucial. So we'll see what he does with that weight and, and kind of what happens this season. But that's a pretty good start. Like the fact that he was focused this season on, on his physical attributes. And it's something we talked to him a little bit more on the, on the Caleb episode that we did here at Media Day that will be going up later. It just makes it really interesting, I guess, when you add that element into his game. And I think that just gives a whole other perspective on the ways they can utilize him this season. Alex, your final takeaways from Media Day? I'm glad you went to me last year. And this is going to be, you know, it's going to serve as me teasing our interviews that we're going to be putting up um, throughout the week because we got so many, you know, just to list them off. We've got Marcus Garrett. we got Gabe Vincent. We've got Omer Yurtsevin. we got Caleb Martin. We got Darius Days, we got Haywood Highsmith, you know, so all of that is coming later on this week. We're going to be spacing it out a little bit, you know, not to dump everything on you guys all at once because we did get a lot today. But the one thing I wanted to tease out was Omer's interview, which I think all of us um, who are here would agree was the most standout one just from the way that he was talking so openly. And by the way, all of the interviews are really good. Like, we, you know, we got stuff out of everybody. But the Omer thing was interesting to me, and I'm not going to say too much, but and I, I'm going to say this, he called Bam before. And I'm going to say that because to, uh, Ethan already gave it away on Twitter. We, I said before the show, I wasn't going to give it away. And then as we were talking, I realized Ethan already gave it away on Twitter, even though he told me specifically not to. So shout out to you, Ethan. But really, um, Yurt was really declarative about um, Bam being a four. Wow. And, and in fact, kind of went back, with, you know, back at me a little bit when I was calling Bam um, a, a five and a hybrid big. So I definitely encourage everybody to check out the Omer interview, which I believe is going up tomorrow because, you know, you know how controversial that, you know, Omer, Bam lineups are, whether Bam is a four or five. So we went through all of that and more. And I thought the comments were really interesting. So check that out tomorrow. Listen to Omer Yurtsevin hold Alex Toledo accountable in an upcoming episode of Five on the Floor. Thank you for listening. We have you covered on Media Day. We will have you covered on this Miami Heat team. Uh, win, lose, or draw better and more expansive than any network in the area. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.